Be inspired by the best sales professionals, sales leaders, and coaches in the world of B2B sales. From IT services, medical devices, through to coaching and consulting companies, these principles will help you accelerate your sales performance and growth. Using models from the best-selling book, Inspire, Influence, Sell, and award-winning programs from Focus for Growth, you'll have the inside track on the psychology, skills, and systems used by the world's best sales teams. We'll hear from some of the best sales leaders from some of the fastest growing businesses in the world. They don't achieve record-breaking growth by chance. They have a proven sales and leadership approach and a laser focus on growth. You can hear exactly how they do it, one conversation at a time. This is the Inspire Sales Podcast, and I'm your host, Justin Lee. Welcome to the Inspire Sales Podcast. This is episode 10. In episode 10, we're going to talk about the importance of reflection, personal development and growth. And this will be the final episode where it's more about training and running through some of the best practice principles of sales development. What we're going to do in future episodes is is bring on sales and business leaders from some of the fastest growing companies in the world and talk to them about their approach to growth, growing business teams, growing their business, sales and engaging customers and clients. And so this is the final episode where we'll actually talk through some of the models and the principles that we use in my business focus for growth. So we're at the final stage today and the final stage of our process, we use this inspire sales model, which if you have looked and reviewed our previous episodes and perhaps even looked through some of the content on our website, then you'll know this already. But if you haven't had the chance to go through the previous episodes, I'd encourage you to start at episode one. We go right the way through the sales cycle. We start at managing ourselves, managing our mindset, managing our energy and positivity. And then we start thinking about the approach to sales. And we use this inspire mnemonic for each stage of the inspire sales process. And let me just quickly walk through that as a recap for you. So we start with relationships and rapport and connecting with people. We must remember that how important it is to connect with customers every single time we interact with them. If you forget that, sometimes you can feel a gap between you and the relationship with the customer. And all of a sudden, you'll find the sales process just won't flow. So rapport is so important. That connection with the customer is so important. We then talk about a simple structure for planning and preparing for customer customer meetings and customer engagement. And once you've got the plan in place, you're connected with the customer, then the sales process starts. And we talk about insight in the first stage. The eye of the Inspire model is insight, sharing things with the customer that they're perhaps not fully aware of, things that might be changing in the market. Maybe it's data that you've created in your business or or established in the marketplace. And that insight starts to create value for the customer and gets the customer to lean into the conversation. Once you've done that, then it's really important to pivot to customer needs. So the N of the Inspire model is the needs of the customer. And listening carefully, understanding the customer, asking high quality questions, starting to guide and shape customers thinking through questions not through persuasion. And it's amazing because the questioning approach starts to get the customer to change their own mind about their current situation. And from that needs discovery stage and understanding what the customer is really looking for, the changes they're trying to make, then you can start to talk about the solution and discuss the solution with your customer. So the S of the Inspire model is solution. And through that discussion, we talk about the power of features, advantages, benefits, customer stories, and starting to shape the customer's opinion through that discussion, but always linking back to their needs. What is it the customer said they were looking for? And how does your solution meet that requirement of theirs? 
once you've discussed the solution and there should start to be start to sense the agreement with customers about the solution if it meets their needs then we move to making a proposal so the p is proposal agreement and the idea here is that you've tailored something that is relevant for the customer creates a solution meets their needs and of course if that's true if you followed the steps of the process then there's high likelihood of agreement. But it's at this stage where you can surface objections and you might find yourself negotiating with customers. And we cover both of those in previous modules, negotiating and handling objections. And then the final stage for us is immediate action. Final stage is create some urgency, create some momentum with the customer and think about next steps. Get the commitment for yourself and the customer really clear so that you both understand what you're heading into and how you're going to agree to move forward. And that that's the final stage of our sales process. But that urgency is so important because very often we'll find ourselves and our customers will make a commitment, but then they might find that things go off the boil or they get busy with other stuff. So that final stage of gaining commitment and future pacing the next few steps is really, really vital to sales success. So that's the sales process. Once you're out of the customer call, the RE of our Inspire model is reflect. So the opportunity to press the pause button, slow things down and start to reflect on your performance. And there's a quote by Socrates that says the unexamined life is not worth living. I love that quote. And what it really means is that this opportunity for us to reflect is the way in which we grow, improve and start to create more purpose and meaning for ourselves in our roles, our business and with our customers. And there's lots of reasons why you would reflect. But we've talked about personal growth and development. It also gives when you start to reflect on your achievements, it starts to give you a sense of momentum and movement and progress. And that's really powerful in sales positions, especially when we we can find ourselves facing a lot of no's from customers and meeting a lot of resistance and rejection. Actually, to reflect on the performance that's really working for us can be really beneficial for our sanity, as well as to maintain the momentum of our own results. And of course, it gives us increased confidence. It increases our own confidence. It helps improve our relevance to customers. And that improves our performance and, and our future, you know, chance of future success. The evidence is really interesting for people who spend a lot of time reflecting. It shows that they improve their own creativity. The more creative you are, the more creativity that produces. It's quite interesting. It's, it's like a muscle. You have to work and flex it. And of course, that in turn improves our ability to flex our own brain muscles. So it improves brain plasticity, easy for me to say, brain plasticity and our creativity are two kind of correlating and linking aspects. So the more we flex, the more we think about that, you know, innovation and creativity in the way that we approach topics and approach our work, it actually improves brain plasticity, which is really good for long-term brain health. So it's beyond just what you do in your work. It actually starts to help you to think about the way that you maintain that sustainable approach to your own health and well-being going into the future. So lots of really positive reasons why we would reflect on our experiences and start to develop and improve ourselves. How do you do it? We do it in a really simple three-step model called win, learn, change. And it's really simple to remember. So that we ask three questions. The first question is what went well or, or what was the win for us in that situation? And that focuses the mind on something positive, gets you to explore and pull out best practice and what's working well for you and your teams. So once you've explored what went well, what, what were the wins? Second question then is, okay, well, what did we learn? And the what did I or what did we learn question is about pivoting from success to lessons and opportunities for improvement. Now, once you've given your mind, you know, you've given yourself 
the satisfaction of the win and what went well, then you're ready to open up to what you've learned and being open to change. And once you've understood maybe two or three areas where you've learned some things, maybe things you weren't expecting, maybe better preparation could have been done, maybe more research could have been conducted so that you felt more confident or you'd addressed some of those potential, you know, lessons in a meeting with a customer in advance. And that really opens you up to think about what will you then change? So the third question is, what will I commit to change? And that's about finalizing, you know, one or two things where you think, you know what, if we make these changes, it's going to improve performance and increase growth. So that model, really simple. So consider it. What went well? The win. What did I learn? The learn part of the model, what will I change? So we end up with win, learn, change. It's a really useful model for self-coaching and for coaching your teams around you. And if you ask questions like this on a regular basis, it starts to make you more open to development, to growth, and to to making performance improvements within your organization, which are going to drive the results for you, your teams, and your customers. And if you do it on a regular basis, so maybe once a week, the way that I like to do it is at the end of the week, end of a Friday, somewhere between 4 and 4.30 p.m., I'll schedule some personal reflection time. I just reflect on these three questions as I look back on my week and start to plan the week ahead. It can be a really useful way to kind of engage yourself and continue that improvement process. And I have uh, five top tips for reflecting. Number one is a, is what, what we just covered, you know, schedule some reflection time so that it becomes a regular feature in your calendar and becomes a habit that you form. Number two is finding a way to capture those insights. So whether that's a diary or a notebook or a journal, or maybe electronically, I do it a lot in OneNote because then it's all in one place. It's it's electronic. I can get back to it really simply. And of course, number three then is about tracking your improvement actions. And by doing it digitally, I find that's a really useful way to track my improvement actions because everything's in one place and I can keep a track on previous weeks and then the upcoming week. Fourth is about discussing it with a mentor, a manager or a peer, finding someone else to discuss your development with. So it's not you in your own head all the time. Actually, having that third party perspective, having someone else give you feedback or ask you questions could be really valuable. They'll always see things you can't quite see for yourself. And then fifth is about combining that reflection process and cycle with your development plan. So starting to think about how do you make it a structure, a more formalized structure for development. And we have a couple of tools that we use in Focus for Growth. If you like a copy of these tools, just contact me or my team and we'll happily send you the documents. The first document is what we call our strategic career plan. And that's a single page document that helps you map out yourself, your career, where you are right now, what's important to you, what you're looking for, not just in your career, but in your personal life from a skills development perspective, from an experience perspective, so that you start to map out what's important. And that informs your choices going forward around your career and what you might be interested in in the future. It allows you to document the next job, the midterm job, the long-term career aspirations, if that's something you're interested in looking at. It also helps you to map out your development plan and your actions and to start to think about the things you dislike in your role. So for me, for example, I dislike lots of heavy data analysis. Some people love it. I don't love it. So I'm quite happy to let someone else do that work take their recommendations and then make decisions from the high level once I've understood you know, that the data has been reviewed and uh, in depth by somebody else. And then it also allows you to map out your unique selling points. What 
we very often do this for our products, our business and our portfolio, but do you do it for yourself? So actually spending some time thinking, what is my you know, unique selling point or selling points? What makes me unique and, and attractive in the market to my business or a future organization that I might want to work for? And just having that focus on yourself, thinking about yourself strategically can be really valuable. And then the second tool we have is, is a more tactical personal development tool. So that's about looking at three key development areas, thinking shorter term, six to 12 months, whereas the strategic career plan thinks kind of three to five years out. A personal development planner really looks at this kind of six to 12 month window and think about three key development areas, the goal or the desired outcome you're looking to achieve, time scale over which you'll work to achieve that goal and then the three key actions that you think you need to take to get you to that desired outcome it's a really useful simple structure that gets you focused on taking action moving forward and really investing in yourself in a way that perhaps you haven't had the chance to do so for a while it's interesting we have a couple of scorecards that we use in focus growth one is our sales acceleration scorecard the other is our coaching leader scorecard and both ask a similar question about professional development and whether or not people are prioritizing the time for professional development for themselves. And we have a staggering amount of data on this, about 85% of people saying it's something they just never get. So you imagine more than eight out of 10 people don't get to their own professional development. And here's something I learned years ago that really stuck with me. That is, you think about investing in your own professional development what helps you to get better in your performance is to invest in yourself invest in your skills in your development and your progress and growth and that improves your performance which in turn delivers results and a lot of us in organizations we focus on trying to drive improved results but what we don't do is the two steps backwards you know the results are driven by higher performance the higher performance is driven by improved skills development and growth in the person and actually, we should always be thinking about the root cause. What is the root cause that could help us address this priority for our business? And it's always going to link back to people, growth and developing ourselves. So I share that with you as a principle. It's been really valuable for me in my career. I hope you've enjoyed learning more about the Inspire Sales process. If you'd like to contact us for any of the tools, any of the resources, or to learn about the programs we run, feel free to get in contact with me. My details will be in the show notes for this episode, but you can contact me on my email, which is Justin Lee, that's L-E-I-G-H, at focus for growth number four uk. So that's Justin Lee at focusforgrowth.co.uk. Love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you're doing to drive your own professional development, your growth and your sales approach. And I hope you're looking forward to our upcoming episodes. So from now on, we'll be having interviews with lots of different sales and business leaders from many different companies that are fast growing, innovative, exciting places to work. And we're going to get behind the scenes of some of those sales and business leaders. What is it that makes their organization successful? What are their tips for growth in the future? So you'll start to be able to learn from other people's experiences. So hopefully you don't have to make so many mistakes yourself as I will have done in the past, undoubtedly. But as I say, I hope you've enjoyed these episodes and I look forward to seeing you or hearing from you in future. And of course, hopefully you'll join us for future episodes. Take care until next time. See you then. Genuine thanks for listening to the Inspire Sales Podcast. We hope you enjoy learning some of the most cutting-edge sales techniques and getting close to some of the greatest sales leaders in the world now and in the future. If you'd like to explore further, please feel free to visit our website, focusforgrowth.co.uk. 
www.sales-accelerator.co.uk. And if you'd like to take our Sales Acceleration Scorecard and discover your sales and influencing score, then check out the show notes for the link in the bio. If you have enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button. If you know people in your sales and leadership network that you think would like to listen to, then please share this episode with them. I'd be very grateful. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please feel free to do so. If you have suggestions for further guests, or if you'd like to appear yourself, please contact me or my team. You can connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. My social profiles are in the show notes, and I look forward to being with you on the next episode. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.